Man, I tell you what, this thing, the podcast thing, I guess, is what this thing is I'm talking about. But this thing is just like a muscle. If you don't work it out and you don't uh, continuously um, train it, you kind of you kind of lose a little tone, right? So I've um, it's been a little while since I did a podcast. Whoa, my camera! Hold on, wait a second. My camera uh, moved a little bit. I'm gonna reach up here and adjust it. Oh. All right, stay right there. Stay right there. It keeps moving. I put it up on the table tonight. I got the tripod up here, and for some reason, I guess I bumped the table when I sat down. And the camera kind of skewed a little bit. Had it set up to kind of come down at a at a top angle, somewhat. I guess it's not a top angle, but a different angle than what I've been doing. So, um, yeah. So, what's up, guys? How you doing? This is a Tuesday episode. I didn't do one last Friday. I left my computer at work at Homegrown Brew House. 117 South Main Street and yeah I didn't do one I was going to recycle an episode I didn't even do that so I've been kind of slack I apologize Um, sometimes you just get busy you know sometimes you just get busy which kind of leads me into let's just go into that real quick and then I'll kind of get into to what else I was talking about but sometimes you just get busy so this was a a Dale's uh, Zen Garden and Pub uh, thoughts from the Dale's Zen Garden that I posted last week let's see if i can find it here i know i did something yeah so here here was my dales's thoughts from the zen garden uh last week i think this was uh last tuesday and then i didn't do a post on friday like i should have done (sighs) because i left my computer at work you know what do you do sometimes life gets in the way right um so here's what i said sometimes you have something planned and the plan goes to shit all the hard work you had done to plan, all the you, all the restful nights you had worrying about how it might go, all the anxiety you had about making it so great, all the preparation. Sometimes plans just don't work out. People forget. They cancel. They just don't show. They disappoint you. You can't let it ruin your day. You have to move on and adjust and re-aim and make things happen, regardless of whether your plans was upended. Don't make the excuse not to do something just because your partner, other half, guest, whomever didn't show get shit done and move on so that was my thoughts from last week and you know i left my computer i couldn't i couldn't do this podcast without a computer my program was on here audacity is what i use to record audio i could have done it without video that's fine but i didn't have the program i needed to do the audio this computer over here is a piece of shit i haven't even turned it on in forever because it just doesn't work doesn't work. I'll boot it up. It gets to the uh, the beginning screen. I hit the enter button. I type in my passcode. It starts booting up Windows, and then it just freezes. So I've tried to go in and, and um, just kind of reformat the hard drive and see if I can get things working again, but it just it doesn't work. So it's a piece of shit. So I had no computer. I cannot do this show without a computer. So I have the computer here tonight. I had a few things I was going to talk about. But um, I haven't been doing a lot of beer this month. You know, I was supposed to be doing no beer, no them beer, no beer for the month. Uh, I got upended a little bit, sidetracked with uh, uh, Veterans Day. Had a couple of events that came about, and I said, you know what, screw it. I'm a grown adult. If I want to drink a couple of fucking drinks, I'll drink it. It's not a big deal. If I don't make the whole month, um, sometimes you you have a plan and you 
Um, you go with it and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you, like I just said, you make adjustments, you reprogram, you re-aim, and you do something different. So I had a couple of events that I wanted to partake in. Um, a Veterans Day event at Coastal Coffee Roasters and then a wedding uh, reception of sorts at Homegrown Brew House. And I partake in some at Portuk, Partuk, Portuk. I think it's, I think it's Partuk. <laughs> Why do I always have trouble with words? I don't even know. There's so many different ways you can say things. And sometimes I say them the correct way. Sometimes I say them the way I think they should be said. Sometimes I say them the way they could be said both ways, I guess. I don't know. But I always have trouble with words sometimes. And it's I, I think it's funny. I giggle every time it happens. So I partook in a couple beverages at both of those events. And I have had some uh, here and there since then. But the key thing is... I've probably cut my drinking down to at least half, maybe even less than half than, than I would normally do in a month. So I'm a winner regardless. I've done what I wanted to do, which was decrease uh, my alcohol consumption and kind of um, get back into some working out and some, uh, <sighs> I don't know, just trying to be a little bit healthier. Not that I think that uh, beer or wine or even hard liquor sometimes is not beneficial in some ways but in excess um, all things can kind of be a little problematic so just try to dial it back a little bit for the month of november a lot of people do sober october and i decided why don't i do something in november so that's what i did what was i even going with with that i don't even know oh you know what i wanted to do hold on just a second i'm gonna get a different book to put on the table here i got my keto book right here my keto magazine but I had something else I wanted to put up to go along with the Big Thursday here that's on the screen right here. So hold on one sec. Be right back. All right, so I got this book here too. I just wanted to display that. This is a book called Death Valley Days, The Glory of Clemson Football. Oh yeah, Clemson Football. Clemson Tigers, buddy. Got my Clemson Tigers shirt on. Big Thursday poster up here from uh, from years back. This was October 22nd, 1959. The price for the program was a dollar. Um, I don't know what the programs are anymore. I don't go to any of the games. Haven't been to the games up there in Death Valley in quite some time. This um, Death Valley Days book that I have here, it's a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, get out and take a look at it. Um, let's see what copyright is, is here on this thing. What is this? Man, I got pictures in here. I didn't even know these were in here. It's a picture from the from the stadium right there. Man, this is a picture. Gee, my netty, how old is this picture? Oh my goodness. I just opened this book and found this picture. This is my buddy uh, Stuart Hutto and James Hutto. Uh, we got Bruce Dales in here, my older brother. We got uh, me, of course. And then we have my cousin Rick Dales, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to put that up right there. Hopefully you guys can see that. That was uh, our setup there uh, across from Tillman Hall at Clemson University. We had the tent. We had the tiger. Um, man, I don't even know what year this was. This this had to be um, mid-90s, I guess, I would say. And I hadn't seen Stuart and Jason in so long since, since uh, middle school and high school. And uh, my cousin Rick there. Man, what a fantastic picture. I did not know that that was sitting inside this book. That is fantastic. 
Uh, what was I doing? So the book here, Death Valley Days, stand by. Let's see what the copyright is on this. So it's um, it's been a while. This has definitely been a lot more has happened since this book. Yeah, this was 1991. So copyright 1991. This is early days, back really before Florida State joined the ACC and just kind of started dominating there. We were we were the dominant force back in these days, and then Florida State kind of joined and we had some. Some bad years, they were Florida State, kind of won the ACC forever and ever and ever with the Bobby Bowden years. And uh, now we're dominating again. So I guess what I wanted to get into, first off, I wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays and uh, uh, happy Thanksgiving coming up here on Thursday. This this podcast will be out tomorrow morning, which will be Tuesday, uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving there. So I wanted to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. It's a great time of year coming up. You know, the, the temperature starts changing a little bit. The leaves start falling. The, the colors change. We get into the fall season, uh, coming into winter, uh, the middle of December, late December. December 21st, to be exact, the, the winter solstice. And it's just a great time of year. You know, the seasons change. Uh, you start putting on some warmer clothes. Everybody kind of gets out and gets kind of uh, fashion sense going. You know, you get some... Everybody starts putting on their their cool jackets, their leather, their their suede's. Does anybody do suede anymore? Maybe maybe no nobody does suede anymore. Uh, the denim's kind of coming back. Uh, everybody gets their scarves out. You got two three scarves going on. Uh, your jeans, uh, maybe some um, some um, what's the other? Not uh, not suede. I don't know. Some other type of clothing, but. Everybody kind of gets a, a little fashion crazy here in the fall time frame. That's when everybody pulls out their all their go-to, all their new fashion. It's just a good time of year. Things start kind of slowing down a little bit. You know, all the animals kind of uh, start hibernating and going away. So there's a lot of less noise. It's a little slowed down. All the lights start coming out. It gets darker a little sooner. And we're going to have a tree lighting here in Somerville here shortly with the uh, the square down there in Hutchinson Square, they're trying to, to really rush and kind of complete. I think they're trying to complete about half of the square. They're doing a construction right now. They've been doing it all over, all the summer, spring and summer of this past year, trying to rejuvenate and re-energize the, the square there in Hutchinson Square, downtown Somerville. So they're hoping to have at least half of that open for the Christmas tree lighting that's coming up. I'm not even sure the date on that, guys. I'd have to look it up. I guess I could look it up. I think it's, it's sometime in December... Let's see if I can find it. But yeah, things just, you know, people start coming together and there's a lot more, I feel like there's a lot more camaraderie and a lot more family and a lot more interaction. People kind of hugging, kissing a little more and just getting more into the spirit of the holidays, you know, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas spirit coming up. So it's a good time of year. I don't really uh, partake in those types of things that much anymore. What am I looking up here? Christmas tree... Lighting Somerville. I really wish I had a producer in here, guys, that could look up all this stuff for me. So right now I'm, I'm producer, I'm director, I'm writer, I'm um, the actor, I guess, in this podcast. I'm doing all the work. I'm, I'm doing all the, the audio, the video, I'm the engineer, everything. So I really wish I had a guy or girl in here that could do something and help me out a little bit, but I don't. So I'm doing all the stuff. So let's see the events. Annual Christmas tree lighting sponsored by the Flower Town Garden Club and the Somerville Dream. Uh, 
Town of Somerville, Summer of Dream, be held on Tuesday, November 27th. Holy crap, what is the date? That's next Tuesday, guys. That's a week and one day from today. It'll be at 6.15 p.m. in front of the Somerville Town Hall. So if you're in town, if you're local here, or if you're in Charleston, somewhere on the peninsula in the low country, get out at 6.15 on Tuesday, November 27th. Uh, we sold a bunch of seats over there at Homegrown Brew House. 12 seats, I think. Uh, front row seats for the for the Christmas parade and the tree lighting. I think that's on the same day. I don't even fucking know. And I work there. But I think <laughs> I think that's all on the same day. Let's see. Let's see what it says here. Dignitaries and special guest performers will be on hand to delight and entertain us with traditional Christmas music. The wonderful event brings thousands of people together to bring the holiday season with festive music and the sounds and joys of thousands of twinkling lights are turned on. Stay tuned, for, stay tuned for details of the music groups who will be performing in the food trucks and entertainment on Little Main after the lights are turned on. Many of our shops and restaurants will be open later so you can stay downtown, linger a little longer, grab a drink and a bite to eat and enjoy the evening. There you go. That's at 218 South Main Street. We're at 107, 117 South Main Street, Homegrown Brew House. Come out and enjoy the festivities next Tuesday. I don't think I'm working that day. That'll be Caleb Taylor over there. But what else would I get in? So that's the tree lighting. Let me go back to my notes here. Um, yeah. But, you know, the holidays were always a good time growing up for me. Uh, I don't remember much about when I first, my first seven years or so, that was in Glen Terrace over there, way down in North Charleston. We moved to Pepper Hill, I think around, I, I want to say 1979. I'm not positive on that. I didn't fact check that with my mom. She's the uh, the fact checker over there. But I want to say 1979 is when I moved to Pepper Hill. And, man, we I just had some of the best times of my life as far as holidays go in Pepper Hill, South Carolina. They're off of Ashley Phosphate Road in North Charleston. Um, Thanksgiving. I don't, we had some Thanksgivings there at the house in Pepper Hill. I think we had some there at my grandparents' house, my mom's parents, which was right around the corner. I mean, literally, uh, we'd go up one, I think, two streets. You'd take a left, and you'd run right into the house, basically, once you go down. So maybe a quarter mile away from where we lived, we'd have uh, maybe some Thanksgivings over there. But the ones that I remember, remember most were up at uh, my dad's parents' house, which was up in um, Richland County there in Columbia. We do that quite often and have just a, a big family get together. You know, my great grandmother would be there, my grand historic, my grandparents, uh, grandma and granddaddy Dales, uh, all the cousins would, would show up, my aunt and uncles, aunts and uncles. And we just have a huge gathering there at the Dales house in Columbia. And it was fantastic. You know, there was always uh, staple foods that we still do to this day. You know, we're going to have a gathering over at my brother, my younger brother Kevin's house this Thursday. There's always uh, some staples that we've done for decades. I mean, my entire life I can remember uh, staples, whether it be just turkey, whether it be spiral ham, uh, maple glaze spiral ham of some sort. We would always have my uh, great-grandmother's um, potato salad recipe. We always have deviled eggs. Uh, there's a macaroni and cheese recipe that's very 
uh, fabulous and that we sometimes have um, a lot of times would have some pulled pork barbecue with some uh, you know mustard based mustard sauce uh, sometimes we do some cookout and have the our Dale's barbecue chicken recipe where we would uh, cook some barbecue chicken on the on the grill and use a special recipe that uh, has been handed down for many generations as well lots of great stuff um, I think the cran <laughs> the cranberry sauce is always out of a can you know just one of those logs of a uh, of gelatin uh, cranberry sauce I was not a big fan of that uh, let's see what else we'd have pumpkin pie we'd have chocolate chocolate pies we'd have cherry pies apple pies all kind of pies any pie you can imagine always homemade and just fantastic times I mean the, the get-togethers we would have was almost like a family reunion of sorts every Thursday um, Thanksgiving and November what is that the third Thursday I don't know if it always falls on the same the same uh, week i don't know i don't really don't keep track of this stuff to be honest anymore now that my kids are grown they've they're out of the house i don't keep track of all these holidays and things they just don't mean as much to me as they used to uh, when i was growing up and then of course when i had kids they meant a lot more but we did that ever since i was since i was seven or eight years old i can remember these holidays and these get-togethers for thanksgiving and christmas and it was always just a special time in my life i loved it it was fantastic and then pass that on to my kids and my brother Bruce passed that on to his two girls and, you know my two boys and Bruce's two girls kind of grew up in the same time frame they were all a year apart uh, right now they are 23 24 25 and 26 I believe uh, all four of them so we always had a special kind of bond together with those guys uh, with our kids and yeah, there's no, uh, there's some grandkids at the moment, actually on, on Bruce's side of the family over there, but all those guys are out in Texas, so I don't think we're going to have the, the, the pleasure of having their company here this year for the Thanksgiving festivities, but hopefully we can continue to pass those down uh, generation to generation and, and have many more get-togethers to come. But this Thursday, we're going to, I'm just kind of rambling. I feel like I'm not even making any sense right now, guys, to be honest with you. But that's what I said at the beginning was practice makes perfect, right? And I just haven't practiced in a while, so I feel like I'm kind of off my game as far as speaking goes. But the holidays are upon us, is all I'm trying to say. And it's a good time of year. You know what? I said I wasn't drinking much, but I'm going to open a beer because I just feel like drinking a beer. It's holiday week right now. It is a Monday night that I'm doing this recording. I have this beer right here. This is a Boojum uh, Brewing Company beer. It's called Balsam uh, Brown Ale. So let's take a look and see what this is all about. Uh, Boojum Brewing Company is out of Waynesville, North Carolina. They're a microbrewery. They doesn't give me much more information here. I'm not sure exactly when they started. They've got 28,000 plus ratings, uh, 129 beers is listed on here. Oh, here we go. Added August 28, 2014. So they've been out there about four plus years. Uh, 1,500 people or so like this brewery. So they're doing good stuff up there. I don't um, know if I've had this beer or not. Let's take a look. No. It says I have not had this beer. So this is a, it's a brown ale. It's an English brown ale, balsam brown ale. It's 5% ABV, 22 IBUs. Average rating is 
that's that's a good average rating. It's not uh, fantastic, you know. You want to try and get four plus, I guess. I don't know if that's what you want to try and get, but I think you want to try and get three point five or better. Really, it's what you want to try and do. Uh, this beer was added October twelfth, twenty fourteen. So a couple months after they opened, they they brewed this beer. It's a welcome companion. This beautiful brown ale is flavorful, approachable, and easygoing. A little bit of roast and a little bit of toast with a nutty caramel flavor and a smooth, light finish. Makes you want to gather around and crack one open. So I should maybe save it for Thanksgiving, but you know what? This is going to be an early Thanksgiving present to Brian Dales right here. So we're going to pour it. Got a common house Aleworks glass, and the reason I have that glass, and I chose that glass, ooh, it's a little, uh, a little carbonated, which is okay, but I, I just wish I would have known that ahead of time, and I wouldn't have poured it as heavily as I did. So here we go. Uh, common house Aleworks glass. I've got it poured to about the eight ounce mark right now. We'll let that settle down for a second. We're going to put this on this coaster just in case it leaked a little bit. I don't want to get it on the table. I just cleaned this table off not too long ago in preparation for a podcast I got coming up. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Goodness gracious. What was I saying? Anyway, let's taste this beer. Balsam Brown Ale. Oh, I know what I was saying. I was talking about the common house that works. Well, I got the common house glass, so. It's not a bad brown ale. I mean, I, I could see I could see the 3.67 rating. I would probably give it about the same. Although I can't. I can give it a 3.5. I can give it a 3.75. I think I'm probably going to go a 3.5. I don't think it quite makes it a 3.75. I don't know what the year is on this thing. I'd have to somehow look at the bottom of this, which is hard sometimes. Yeah, I can't really see what it says. Let me put my glasses on, guys. These are my glasses. If you haven't seen them, maybe you have. Let's see if I can figure out what this thing says. I think it says June 2018. I think that's what it says. So, might have been a little better, fresher. I don't know. Sometimes browns and the porters and stouts, you know, they age pretty well. They don't drop off much. It's okay. I mean, it's really, it's really nice. It's really good actually. But um, I've had better brown ales. It's a little light, a little thin, maybe. I would look for a little more body in a brown ale. That's what I would say. It's a little thin. I want a little more thickness to it, a little more body, a little more uh, flavor. Just a little watered down tasting, I guess. So, but it's good for what it is. I would drink another one probably. So there you go. Oh, and the reason I put it in a Common House Aleworks glass is I drank a uh, Common House Aleworks beer that was made specifically for Mellow Mushroom today. It's called a, uh, a Fungi. I think it's just called Fungi. It's called Smashing Fungi. Is what it's called. Let me look that up. Make sure I'm right. I think it's called Smashing Fungi. Made specifically for Mellow Mushroom uh, Pizza Company. Smashing. Okay, there you go. Common House Aleworks. So I drank that earlier, so I decided I'd put this in a, in a Common House Aleworks glass so I could talk about it. 
This American Pale Ale was brewed exclusively for the Mellow Mushroom Restaurant Group. The single malt, it's a Pilsner malt, and single hop, Centennial Hops, is bright and fragrant with lots of lemon-lime citrus flavor. Flavors, fresh-cut lime, bright lemon, and green pine needle. And I'd agree. I thought it was pretty good. It's got a, it's a 5.5% uh, ABV, 35 IBUs, and it's only got a 3.53 average rating, but I would give it a 3.75 for sure. For sure. And it doesn't look like any of my friends have drank it. Let's see, unique total, nope. But I liked it. I thought it was very good. thought it was very well balanced. Um, Common House does a great job on the pale ales and the IPAs over there, so they're doing it. Uh, camera's still going. Excuse me. Let's talk about Big Thursday since I got that up. So we talked about Death Valley Days, Clemson football, got the Clemson shirt on. Well, guess what? It's football rivalry week this weekend, and that's why I'm wearing the shirt. That's why I got the book. That's why I got this up here. Um, I need to get a Clemson sticker on my glass here. I got a, a Craft Conversation sticker. but So let's talk about this. It's rivalry weekend, which means that Clemson University and South Carolina University are going to play this weekend. It's the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry, also called the Carolina-Clemson rivalry. You know, It's a battle of whose, whose name should be in front there. It's an American collegiate athletic rivalry between the University of South Carolina Gamecocks and the Clemson University Tigers. Since 2015, the two also compete in the Palmetto Series, which, in, which is an athletic head-to-head -head competition between both schools, not just in football, but also more than a dozen competitions throughout each school year. Both institutions are public universities supported by the state of South Carolina, and their campuses are separated by only 132 miles. USC and Clemson have been bitter rivals since 1896, and a hated, heated, <laughs> that might have been a slip, Freudian slip, right? And a heated rivalry continues to this day for a variety of reasons, including the historic tensions regarding their respective, care, respective charters and the passions surrounding their athletic programs. Much like the Alabama-Auburn rivalry, the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry, and the North Carolina and North Carolina State rivalry, the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry is an in-state collegiate rivalry. This is one of a handful of rivalries where the teams are in different premier conferences. South Carolina is in the Southeastern Conference, and Clemson is in the ACC or Atlantic Coast Conference. Since 1960, the game has been held in late November, usually on Thanksgiving weekend. In 2014, the annual football game between the two schools was officially dubbed the Palmetto Bowl. So this rivalry has been going on for a long time, guys. I don't think it's the longest-running rivalry. I'd have to look that up. Let's see what that is real quick. See where we stand here. The longest. Where's my producer? Where's my intern? The longest running college football rivalry. Let's see. Oldest annual matchup is between two small institutions located in Pennsylvania Lehigh University, located in Bethlehem, and Lafayette College, located in Easton have met every year but one since 1884, making it the oldest oldest rivalry in any division of college football. So there you go. We're pretty close. I mean, that's 1884. We're like 10, a uh, little over 10 years after that. So let's see what's going on in the football series here. It's going to be a little, little bit of, a little long-winded here, but I'm going to run through it. 
Unlike most college major major college rivalries, the Carolina Clemson rivalry did not start innocently, and because of competitive collegiate sports, the deep-seated bitterness began between the two schools long before Clemson received its charter and became a college. The two institutions were founded 88 years apart, South Carolina College in 1801 and Clemson Agricultural College in 1889. Man, that is a big difference, isn't it? I gotta, I gotta decrease my font here because it's out of the page. Hold on one second. South Carolina College was founded in 1801 to unite and promote harmony between the Low Country and the Back Country. It closed during the Civil War when its students aided the South, the, when its students aided the Southern cause. But the closure gave politicians an opportunity to recognize it to their liking. The radical Republicans in charge of state government during Reconstruction opened the schools to blacks and women while appropriating generous funds to the university, which caused the white citizens of the state to withdraw their support for the university and view it as a symbol of the worst aspects of Reconstruction. The Democrats returned to power in 1877 following their decisive electoral victory over the radical Republicans and promptly proceeded to close the university sentiment in the state favored opening favored opening an ag agricultural college. So the university was reorganized as the South Carolina College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts in 1882. The college was renamed to its antebellum name, South Carolina College, which infuriated the farmers who felt that the politicians had frustrated the will of the people by de-emphasizing agricultural education, even though the school still remained the Department of Agriculture. Agriculture. Why can I say that word? Clemson, from its beginning, was an all-white male military school. The school remained this way until 1955 when it changed to civilian status for students and became a co-educational institution. Aggregation, agitation from the farmers. Benjamin Tillman emerged in the 1880s as a leader of the agrarian movement in South Carolina and demanded that the South Carolina College take agricultural education more seriously by expanding the agricultural department. In 1885, Tillman was convinced of a superiority of a separate agricultural college by Stephen D. Lee, then the president of the Agricultural and Mechanical College of the state of Mississippi, and subsequently Tillman would accept nothing less than a separate agricultural college in South Carolina. He offered the following reasons why he felt that it was necessary to have a separate agricultural college outside the confines of Columbia. Number one, Mississippi A&M featured practical training without unnecessary studying of the liberal arts. Number two, Mississippi A&M provided poor students work scholarships so that they could attend the college. Number three, there were too few students who studied agriculture at the college to justify an agricultural college there. Number four, the college was a place for sons of lawyers and the well and of the well-to-do who sneered at the agricultural students as if they were hayseeds. Number five, the students at the college lived a life of luxury as compared with the sweat and toil endured by students of Mississippi A&M. Number six, there was not enough farm land near the college to allow for proper agricultural study. <sighs> the conservatives who held the reins of power in South Carolina from 1877 to 1890 replied to each point made by Tillman. 
which if you recall the picture that I showed you of all of us standing there was across from Tillman Hall there at Clemson so they actually named a hall after uh, Tillman so here's what the conservatives said <clears throat> in reply the most advanced number one the most advanced agricultural education research was being conducted at the University of California and at Cornell University both of which combined agricultural colleges with liberal arts colleges Additionally, a separate agriculture college would be more expensive and result in an inferior product. Number two, the work scholarships attracted the lowest quality of students who only cared about obtaining a college degree, not about an education in agriculture, agriculture or mechanical studies. Furthermore, there was little advantage of attending a college only to pitch manure and grub stumps. Okay. Number three, the constant attacks by Tillman on the college caused many to doubt whether state support for the institution would continue. As a result, the enrollment numbers were not impressive, although the numbers of students taking agriculture and mechanical classes increased from 37 to 1,887. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's the wrong numbers. Although the numbers of students taking agriculture and mechanical classes increased from 34 in 1887 to 83. In 1889, so over two years, you know, more than double. Number four, over half of the students at the college were the sons of farmers, though most did not study agriculture as Tim wished. Uh, John McLaren McBride, president of the college, correctly predicted that most students of an ag agriculture college would not go back to work the farm after graduation. Number five, while some students at the college were the sons of well-to-do, the majority were poor. And number six, the college farm added 100 acres in 1987, just one mile from the campus. Oh, it's all very confusing here. Uh, Clemson's will. Tillman, Tillman was bolstered in 1886 when Thomas Green Clemson agreed to will his Fort, will, his Fort Hill estate for the establishment of an agricultural college. Yet... Tillman did not want to wait until Clemson died to start a separate agricultural college, so he pushed the General Assembly to use the moral funds, moral funds, and hatch funds for that purpose. Instead, the leg legislature gave those funds to the South Carolina College in 1887, which would use them along with the greater state appropriation to reorganize itself as a second university of South Carolina and to also greatly expand the agricultural department. After this victory for South Carolina, in January 1888, Tillman wrote a letter to the News and Courier that he was retiring from public life. It was less than 90 days when Tillman reemerged on the scene upon the death of Thomas Green Clemson in, in April 1888. Tillman advocated that the state accept the gift by Clemson, but the conservatives in power opposed the move and an all-out war for the power in the state commenced. The opening salvo was fired by it. Good Lord, it's just too much, man. Go, go to Wikipedia. This thing just goes on forever. Let's see. Football, that's what we're talking about. The annual Carolina-Clemson football game, sometimes dubbed the Battle of the Palmetto State, and known officially since 2014 as the Palmetto Bowl from the state's nickname, is the longest uninterrupted series in the South and the second longest uninterrupted NCAA Division I-A-FBS series in the country. The series dates back 
1896 and has been renewed every year since 1909, 107 consecutive games. The universities maintain college football stadiums in excess of 80,000 seats each, placing both in the top 20 in the United States. Although the series has been interrupted seven times since its inception, it is uninterrupted since 1909, making it the second longest continuous rivalry in FBS Division I college football. After only Minnesota-Wisconsin, uninterrupted since 1907, uh, from 1996 to 1959, the Clemson-South Carolina game was played in Columbia and referred to as Big Thursday since 1960. The game has alternated between both teams' home stadiums, South Carolina's Williams-Brice Stadium and Clemson's Memorial Stadium, Stadium as a regular season finale. Clemson holds a 69-42 to 42, uh, four ties lead series. Lead in the series, Clemson holds a 41-29-2 advantage in the modern era post-World War II, and Clemson leads the series 11-7 in the 21st century. Clemson has more wins against USC than any other program has, and Carolina is second behind Georgia Tech in most wins against Clemson. Every year, each school emerges in a rivalry. In a, every year, each school emerges in a ritual involving the other team's mascot. South Carolina holds the Tiger Burn, and Clemson holds a mock funeral of cocky. After several students, six from South Carolina and one from Clemson, died in the Ocean Isle Beach House fire in 2007, the cocky funeral was canceled, and the Tiger Burn was changed to the Tiger Teardown for that year. There we go. I'm not going to go into anything else here. If you want to get, learn more about it, go to Wikipedia. For the Just type in the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry in football, and you'll get all kind of uh, crazy stuff. I could go on and on. They, they kind of list uh, post-World War II stuff uh, from 1946, um, the, the near riot, 1952, the game uh, mandated by South Carolina law, 1959, the final Big Thursday game, so it's no longer played on Thursday. It was, it's on Saturdays now. 1961, the prank. 1963, the national tragedy. 1975, most points scored by Carolina. 1977, uh, the catch. 1980, orange pants. 1981, Clemson wins the national championship. 1984, black magic. 1989, orange on the road and Ford's last hurrah, uh, which is Howard Ford. Um... Blah, 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 blah. 1994, The Return. 2000, The Catch 2, or also The Push Off. 2001, The Bicentennial Win. 2003, Most Points Scored by Clemson. 2004, The Brawl. 2005, A Quarterback Wins 4. 2006, Kickers Make the Difference. 2007, Last Second Victory. 2013, Highest Ranked Meeting. 2017, The Last Meeting. And when I look at the game results here, it's really just a bunch of orange guys. Let's be let's be honest. If we're looking, <laughs> I mean, you heard the numbers earlier, but there's a lot of orange going on there. I mean, there's there's some black. I give them credit, but there's a lot of orange. Uh, Clemson dominates the series. That's just a fact. It's just a fact, guys. And I'm, I'm just uh, stating facts over here. So enough of that. This is probably going to be called, I guess, the. The big Thursday episode, maybe? I don't know. So, what else, guys? Let me take a little sip of this beer. Let's see what our time is here. Let's see what's going on. 
We're about 40 minutes in, so we're doing well. What else do I have here? Um, you know, I mean, speaking of the holidays, right? I mean, just find time for you and, and your... Because your time may be limited. I mean, find time for you, find time for your family, for your loved ones, for anybody that you care about. Make time for those guys, you know, or girls, gals, whatever you want to say it. Um, I, I say guys all the time. It's just inbred in me. I got I got chewed out one night at, uh, at work there at Homegrown. I kept saying, hey, what can I get for you, guy? How you doing, guy? What, uh, what's next for you, guy? And uh, it was not a guy. It was a girl. And I did not even try and determine whether it was a girl or a guy. That's just what I say. Hey, guys, have a good night, guys, whatever. It's just guys, guys, guys. And maybe I should change. Maybe it's maybe it's offending people. Maybe I should change because <laughs> there's so many things offending people, and maybe I should just do something different. But that's just the way I say it. And she says, my name is, I think her name was Joyce. She said, my name is Joyce. I'm not a guy. And I'm like, that's just what I call everybody. I wasn't meaning to offend you. I'm sorry if I did. Um, but she had, I really couldn't tell, I'm going to be honest, but I wasn't calling her a guy because I thought she was a guy. That's just what I say. How you doing guys? Have a good night guys. I mean, it's just, it's just a group term or whatever. What was I even saying? Find time guys for the people that you love in your life. You know, don't take it for granted. Don't think that they're always going to be around make and take the time it's not just for you it's for your loved ones uh, that want you around for as many years months days hours seconds they can get be present and some people don't want to be present some people just want to be alone they want to be by themselves but I think most people and I think if you look at longevity and you look at centennials those people are the people that align themselves with with groups and they they involve themselves in society and they have friends and they have um, groups that they hang out with and people and it's all about people it's all about being involved so about having a purpose and, and being social that's really the key to longevity you know we can talk about diet we can talk about exercise we can talk about supplements we can talk about so many different things that make you live a longer life but I think the key to it is people and being involved in a society you know we're all on this earth together we all need to just get along we all need to to talk and have fun and and do things together I think and take advantage of that the people that you love the people that you find dear are not going to be around you know your parents whether it be your parents your friends your siblings your loved one your significant other your wife your husband they're not going to be around forever for forever forever i don't even know what the word was i just said there they're not going to be around forever so love them hug them you know <laughs> theo vaughn i was listening to his podcast today and he said, do the, uh, do the hug rodeo, which is, you know, hug somebody that doesn't like to be hugged and try and hold on for eight seconds. And I thought that was hilarious. So do the hug rodeo with people that you love and, uh, you know, give them a hug, um, give them a kiss, love them, hold on to them. Because one day they're going to be gone, you know. Um, my dad here recently, you know, he lost his uh, he lost his dog of um, I think 14 years, maybe it was 15 years, 
um, his best buddy. He lost uh, two of his longtime friends, coworkers. I think one of them was probably his best friend ever in his life. I mean, he's 74 years old, I think, almost 74, 73, I think, and you know, lost one of his best, best, best friends, and then just recently went to a, a, a funeral this past Saturday for another really good friend of his. Not quite as long. I uh, didn't know him quite as long, but you know, lost a dog of 14 years and a couple friends of, of probably 50 plus years or more. And the older you get, the more people you're going to lose. That's just a fact of life. We're all going to die. We're all going to leave this earth. Love everyone and love the people closest to you as hard as you can for as long as you can because eventually they're going to they're going to go. No. Oh, man. Yeah. Love them all, and especially this time of year, but, you know, don't make it just about the holidays. Love people all year long, you know? I don't know. Just makes me sad thinking about... How my uh, how my dad might be feeling, you know, during these uh, during these holidays after losing, you know, those three those three things in his life. So, kind of sucks. But he's got us, you know. He's got me. He's got his uh, his other two sons. He's got all his grandkids, his uh, his great grandkids, his his beautiful wife, my mother. There's still a lot of people in his life that he can love. So you just got to remember that, yeah. There's there's people that you've lost, but there's other people there that are still there for you, and that you still need to to embrace and give your love to. That's what life is all about, you know. That's what life is all about. That's what the holidays are all about. That's what every day of life is all about. Just loving people. There's way too much hate going on. Way too much uh, indifference, way too much fighting, you know, between the left and the right and the red and the blue and the, the, the male and the female and the black and the white and um, whatever, the cats and the dogs. <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot of fighting going on and it's just too much. And I don't think it's any more than it has been in history. I mean, I think we've had way worse. I don't think. I know we've had way worse catastrophes and and, and uh, deaths and, and massacres throughout history than we're having right now. People say, that, you know, these are the worst of times. That's, that's fucking bullshit. These are the best of times. You couldn't live in any better time right now. We're just, uh, we're just able to see what 7 billion people are doing. And that's what makes people think that it's the worst of times, that, you know, it's the end of days and we're just, we're killing people more than we've ever done. There's more mass shootings than there's ever been. Give me a fucking break. Have you seen the Mayans? Have you seen the Roman Empire? <laughs> Have you seen all these, uh, the Mongolians? I mean, there has been way worse than what we're dealing with right now. So don't even think that this is the worst of times. This is absolutely the best time to be living ever in the history of the world right now with what is with what we got going on with technology and uh, we're able to feed everybody, most people. I mean, there's still some third world countries out there that are having trouble with that, but 
my God, this is the best time to be alive ever. Don't fool yourself. Just don't look at 7 billion people's lives. It's just too much to take in. Your brain just cannot comprehend that amount of people. But this is the best time to be alive ever. It really is. Uh, what else I got here? Let's see. Um, we've talked about Homegrown Brew House. I guess we'll do a kind of an ad here in the middle real quick. So Homegrown Brew House, 117 South Main Street. We've got 40 taps on the wall. We're doing bottles and, and cans over there. we got live music on Thursday and Friday nights. We're trying to get it to where we have live music three nights a week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come out, have a good time. The music is normally from 7 to 9. Uh, we're open Monday through Saturday. We're not open on Sundays. But if you have an event that you want to, you want us to cater and you want us, you want to have a special event uh, with us, hook up with us. On you can go to homegrownbrewhouse.com. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to Instagram. You can uh, email us. You can text us. You can message us. Whatever, and say, hey, I've got a private event that I, I would like you guys to help out with, and we'll hook it up. And mostly we do those on Sundays. So, Homegrown Brew House, one seventeen. South Main Street. I also run the Keto Dojo with my good friend Karen and my son uh, Brian Jr. We do the Keto Dojo. It's on Facebook. Yes, it's on Facebook. Facebook is still a thing. It's still around. We're at 400 plus members right now. Join it. It's not like any other keto page, I don't think. I think it's a little bit different. Uh, we don't have all the infighting and the, the people uh, bickering against each other on this page. It's just people uh, they post their successes up there. They post uh, things they find around town as far as good keto buys and good keto products. There's a lot of videos that go on uh, where people are just kind of um, giving out some good information. They're giving recipes. It's just, I think it's a totally different keto style website where it's just great information. There's no negativity on it. And that's the great thing I like about it is it is not a negative page whatsoever so get on out there the keto dojo it's on facebook i think you'll enjoy it join the conversation and um give some input give some positive input and some and, and help some people with your input and information that you've got so the keto dojo on facebook and Lulu.com. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm trying to. I need. I need to purchase one of my books, and I need to put it up here on the table so I can display it and let people see what it actually looks like. But uh, it's all. It's called. It's all fun and games and tell. It's a book I wrote. Produced it back around 2006. I'm on the fourth version of that book right now. The uh, content has not changed, but I'll just. I'll go through and just kind of update it and make some corrections here and there. It's all fun and games and tell. It's a memoir of my time from 1992 to 1998, 9, somewhere right at the end of that uh, time frame. A memoir of uh, my dealings down there. It's, uh, it's comical, it's insightful, it's sad, it's emotional. It's a confession of sorts to my now ex-wife. And I thought it was fantastic. I had a great time writing it. It started off with just one story and it morphed into about 12 different chapters. And I think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. Lulu.com slash spotlight slash Dale's Inc. And you'll find that book. And also my younger son's, or sorry, my older son's book uh, called Tree Town. He wrote a book, a children's book, real short story. Get out there and check it out. Lulu.com. 
Got some dogs barking out there. It might be my dog, Leia, if you haven't seen her. Also, uh, I'd like to make a mention of my son, Brian Jr. He's on Instagram at Dale's Fit, and he's also at Paragon Athletics on Instagram. Follow him for all your fitness and wellness needs. He's doing a fantastic job out there at Paragon Athletics in Flagstaff, Arizona. And he's really getting uh, big into posting a lot of fantastic videos that show you some tips on exercise and fitness and nutrition. So follow him if you don't mind. Dale's Fit and Paragon Athletics. And get some good information to make your life the healthiest and fittest and best that it can be. I'm going to leave you with a couple Dale's Goggins. Dale's. Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm so out of practice, guys, as far as podcast goes. I'm going to leave you with a couple David Goggins things that I wrote down. Um, is it a couple of them? I think I thought there was a couple of them. Hold on one second. Let me take a look. Let's see. This, this, this. Uh, okay, yeah. So these are two separate things, so I'll separate them. Um, one that he did, he said, look, you have to look at everything as a new opportunity. Stop looking at things the way they appear. To most people, it's just a doorway. If you incorporate this workout, you will never look at a doorway the same. Uh, when I was 19, David Goggins, and first joined the military, we used to do ins and outs to leave and come back to the compound. It was a set number of pull-ups. I took that workout to a different level. I started doing ins and outs through every door frame I walked through. My ins and outs became a set number of push-ups rather than pull-ups. With the fast pace of life, you have to invent different ways to get it in when you can. So this is one alternative to try and get it in. You will be shocked how many doorways through which you walk each day. If you are at home and want to do the pull-up method, just buy a few portable pull-up bars and attach them to your door frame. So what he's talking about is, you know, you got a door frame here coming into the studio. I've got a door frame here going into the, to the upper studio, the upper loft here. Anytime you walk through a doorway, whether it be at work, whether it be in your house, whether it be through wherever, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, guys. If you walk through a doorway, it's freaking target when you're going in there. Drop down and do whatever set number of push-ups or pull-ups you think you want to do. But we're talking push-ups here, what he's talking about. You walk through a doorway and set yourself a number in your head and say, okay, when I walk through a doorway, and if you walk through a lot of doorways during, during the day, maybe you want to decrease that number. If you walk through... Uh, a few of them, you may, maybe you want to increase that number, but say, okay, I'm going to do five push-ups. You walk through a doorway, going into Target, drop down and do five push-ups. Don't give a shit about what everybody else is thinking. All those other patrons in there that are looking at you weird, like what the hell is this fucker doing, doing push-ups on the ground? Just do them. And maybe you'll inspire somebody else to get active and somebody else to increase their fitness and somebody else to not be afraid of what other people think of them. Drop down and do five push-ups. On your way back out of the store, Drop down and do five more. And again, don't give a fuck about what everybody's thinking about what you're doing. Just do it. And be your own self. And that's going to help callous your mind, for one. That's going to help uh, make you not care about what other people think about you. And you're going to do your own thing and live your own life. And it's also going to increase your fitness. It's going to increase your heart rate. It's going to increase your, your muscle capacity. You're doing body weight exercises. Do it. And you don't have to do push-ups. If you're not great at push-ups, when you walk through that door... Drop down and do five, uh, you know, bodyweight squats. Drop down and do uh, do five lunges, you know, on each leg. 
Um, what else could you do? Drop down and just, uh, you know, from the back, just do five tricep presses with your arms. You could do a pull-up. If you can find a way to do a pull-up when you walk through that doorway, do some pull-ups. If you want to do 10, do 10. If you want to do 15, do 15. Do 20, great. Whatever you can amass, whatever you can accomplish, however many doorways you walk through, think of how much you can accomplish it within a day. You know, and I tell a lot of people within the Keto Dojo and just friends that I know and people that ask for fitness advice to do the same thing when you're watching TV. I don't watch a lot of regular TV anymore. I watch uh, Netflix and Amazon and YouTube and all these channels that don't really have commercials anymore. But when I used to watch TV shows that had commercials, every time commercials come up, they're usually two minutes worth of time. Um, during that commercial, stand up and do uh, chair squats, stand up and do push ups, stand up and do some crunches. You wouldn't stand up and do some crunches, although you could, but normally you'd be on the floor. You, you get what I'm saying. Do something. You have two minutes worth of time where you're not really engaged in the show that you're watching. Take advantage of that time to get a little bit of work out of You know, people say they don't have time. Everybody says, I don't have enough time in the day. That's bullshit. You have the same amount of time that everybody else fucking has in a goddamn day. You have 24 hours in a day. You can fit it in. You know, I posted some videos of this past week where I was at work at Homegrown Brew House. Yeah, I sleep in quite often. I work late nights. I work nine, sometimes 11 hours a day in a shift at Homegrown Brew House. I posted a couple of videos where I was doing uh, bodyweight squats. I was doing squats by lifting an empty keg up over my head. So I'm engaging my shoulders. I'm engaging my triceps. I'm engaging um, my biceps. I'm doing squats with some weight um, of an empty keg. And then I even did another one because somebody gave me some flack about it that I was using an empty keg. So I said, okay, let me let me get a 58-pound keg. I'll press that up over my head. Now I'm even engaging more muscles. I got my core kicking in. I'm doing squats. I'm doing presses. I'm doing, uh, I got to curl it and I got to bring it up to here and then press it. So I'm doing some biceps. I got some triceps. I'm kicking in all kind of muscles. Do five rounds of that. You're talking a couple minutes worth of time. <laughs> It's easy, so easy to get in a workout during the day. You don't need to go to a fancy gym. You don't need to sign up for a gym membership and spend your hard-earned money. You could do it. I could be. I could have been doing it here, you know, just doing this podcast. I could have been just doing some uh, some tricep presses while I'm sitting here. I could have stood up and did some, you know, I could have stood while I'm doing the podcast, and I could have put my mic way up here um, and engaged my muscles just by standing instead of sitting here at the desk. Um, I could be sitting here doing some isometric uh presses for my biceps or some pulls for my uh, biceps against this table. I could be doing some some isometric presses for my triceps. I mean, you can do a workout anywhere. There's no excuse to not be getting in some sort of fitness and increasing your heart rate and increasing your muscle tone and just staying healthy and staying fit, guys. So there are no excuses. The only excuses you're making are in your fucking mind. Everybody has the same amount of time in a day. Get it done and stop with the goddamn excuses. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to get I'm sorry to get all emotional about it, but it just pisses me off when people say they don't have time. Everybody has time. I don't care if you got ten kids and you got two jobs. You've got time to fit it in. Curl your goddamn kids. You know, pick up the stroller and press it over your head a couple of times. Lay on the floor and press your kid up and up and down. Do some push-ups. Do some uh, some presses. Put them over your neck and, and squat with them. You got 10 kids, you got 10 opportunities to get a workout. <laughs> the, way I look at, the way I look at it, I just spit all over everything. Um, anyway, all right. So 
What else did he say? Oh, here's what he said here too. So, how do you want the book of your life to read when it's all said and done? We have all sat down and daydreamed about living a better life and becoming a better version of ourselves. Everything in life starts with a dream or vision. The question is, what have you done to make that dream a reality? When I was younger, I remember being in the car with my mother and we saw a shooting star. She told me to make a wish and it would come true. Every day I woke up, I was waiting for that wish to come true. It never fucking did. Years later, I realized wishing was a waste of time, so I got to fucking work. It's very true what they say in life. You never think about the things you have accomplished. You only think about the things you didn't accomplish. In the video, you will see a few of my accomplishments. And what he did is he put all his medals and a lot of his race uh, uh, tags and everything all over the table and just kind of did a little video of all his accomplishments. I am proud to say there are countless others that you don't see here. The point of the video isn't about kissing my own ass. It's about the power we all have inside of us. 19 years ago, the video would look very different than it does today. There would be nothing of which to be proud on the table. There are many naysayers in the world who only remember the bad things about you, never the good. We cannot allow ourselves to become our own biggest naysayer. We must be resilient to all negativity in life. Up until Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, people thought it was impossible. Just 13 months after he broke the record, several other people also ran sub-four-minute miles. Don't wait for someone else to break a four-minute mile record before you see that it's possible. You have to believe what is possible for yourself, even when no one else believes in you. All right, guys, the camera has skewed because I got so fired up about this topic and um, hope it didn't skew so much where you can't even see me anymore. But uh, watch the big Thursday game, which is on Saturday, Saturday this uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Clemson and South Carolina. And um, get out and love people and live a good life and take care of yourself. Okay, guys? Because you deserve it. All right? I will talk to you soon.